Welcome to the North Sound Church Podcast. For more information about North Sound Church, please visit our website at northsoundchurch.com. No, don't stop. Please, don't stop. I mean, <laughs> I just have to say how fun it was to see people stepping out in courage this morning. We had new worship leaders. We had a new drum player, Patty, coming and playing her flute after many years not doing that. It's just so fun to see people just kind of experience the prompting of the Spirit in unique ways and step into that, even though it's um, scary. So, yeah, what a blessing. So, yes, good to see you this morning. I am going to be talking on the term liminal space, and I'm going to explain to you what it is in a little, in just a few minutes. But um, I'm going to start with an example, a story that's just kind of an, a simple example of what it is. So in a, at a church that I previously um, served at as a pastor, we had a 7 p.m. service. So we had an 8 a.m. service and we had a 7 p.m. service. And typically, um, it was mostly young people who came to the 7 p.m. service, which as someone who isn't classified as that anymore, I certainly understand why it was the young people that came to the 7 p.m. service. And so they came. We were so glad they were there. And then after the service, they would hang around and chat and visit to get to know each other, which was lovely and wonderful and just what you want. You want to see that community happen. But the staff was tired by the end of the day. And so we would let this go on for a little bit. And then um, one of my colleagues would get up and he'd say to them, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. (laughs) And so that was a way of kind of throwing them into liminal space where they knew that they couldn't stay at the church any longer, but they didn't have to go home. That was their choice. And... um, so it is, but it is a very simple example of the term liminal space. Liminal space is that place where you find that a door has closed behind you, but a door has not yet opened before you. If you think of a trapeze artist who lets go of that bar and hopes that when they do their flip or whatever, they're going to turn and there's going to be that next bar for them to grab onto. That's liminal space between those two bars. Richard Rohr is a Franciscan friar, and he's written a lot about liminal space. And he describes it as it's where we are betwixt and between the familiar and the completely unknown. There alone is our old world left behind while we are not yet sure of the new existence. That's a good place where genuine newness can begin. Get there often and stay as long as you can by whatever means possible. This is the sacred space where the old world is able to fall apart and a bigger world is revealed. If we don't encounter liminal space in our lives, we start idealizing normalcy. So liminal space can be experienced in a lot of ways. Of course, the loss of loved ones, where the door to the life and dreams that included them is closed, and the door to the future is not yet opened. 
It may be the sudden need to move. And what has been familiar and rooted you in the city or the neighborhood is gone. And you don't know what a new place will look like if it will feel like home. It can be the loss of a relationship, closing the door on a life together and feeling uncertain and unprepared for a different future without them. It could be the loss of a job by choice or not by choice or by retirement where the door to a feeling of productivity that work can often provide is gone and with it our routines and our identity and even our sense of value. That door is closed and we don't know what our new routines will be or how we will feel of value. The tension, pain, and anxiety of these times can be overwhelming and uncomfortable, and we each respond differently to them. For some of us, we pine for a past that no longer exists, a door that can't be opened. Or we jump to something new prematurely, only to find that it doesn't relieve the pain and maybe even amplifies the pain. We get lots of advice from those around us who are concerned for us and love us, but they're also uncomfortable with this liminal space that we're in. Sitting in the space between what is no longer and what is not yet is a hard place to be. The children of Israel were thrust into liminal space when they were rescued from Egypt. That door was closed. They were no longer slaves. But the promised land was not open to them yet. And so they literally wandered in a wilderness of liminal space. But it wasn't wasted because it was during that time that God shaped his people into a new nation that found their provision and identity in him and learned how to become devoted to God. And that's where the disciples were as they reeled from the devastating loss of their Lord, their rabbi, their leader, and they didn't know what was next. The door to a political revolution was closed with the death of their leader, and they didn't know what to expect. And in this liminal space, we see how they responded in different ways, and Jesus revealed himself to them where they were at. And so let's see the different ways that Jesus revealed himself to those who were in liminal space between the death and reappearance of Christ. First of all, Jesus revealed himself to those who were watching. In Luke 24, 1 through 4, as Andrew read, But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. These were the women who had encountered Jesus and been given value and worth by him that they hadn't experienced in their religious and social context. Jesus had talked to women in public And he'd engage them in dialogue in a way that no man in that culture would have done. Probably even spouses. It was in those encounters with Jesus that women found worth. And heard from someone that they too were image bearers of their creator. And that they were worthy of Jesus' time and forgiveness and salvation. And that they had full and unrestricted access to God because of Christ. 
So they watched as he gave up his spirit and died. And they watched as Joseph took his body down from the cross. And they watched as Joseph placed the body of Jesus into his own tomb. So chapter 24 of Luke begins with the women coming back to the tomb as soon as Jewish laws and customs would allow after Sabbath with spices to embalm him, to treat his body with the dignity that he had treated them. In that liminal space, they did what they could with what they had. And it was there that they witnessed the empty tomb, his body gone, And through the angels, Jesus reminded them of what he had said, that he would be crucified and then be raised on the third day. In the liminal space of seeing him died and buried but not yet alive, they watched and they were present. And then Jesus invited them to be the first bearers of the good news to the disciples who were hiding in the upper room. The women had the good news that the disciples wanted to hear and needed to hear. The door to the future with Christ was beginning to open, just a crack. One would think that they would want to hear nothing less than the words that the women had to say. But for some, the deeply rooted convictions about the value and reliability of women got in the way of them hearing the good news. They were on the road to transformation as they followed Christ, but their transformation wasn't complete. It was still in process. And in their liminal space, Jesus was inviting them to be open to new voices. Richard Foster writes about our loss when we resist unexpected voices. He says stereotypes about people, whether based on gender, race, language, or religion, always blind us to what God is actually doing in the world. They prevent him from showing us, at least for a time, what he is anxious for us to see. One disciple, though, Peter, he allowed his hope and curiosity to overcome the fear and cynicism of their context. The women's words sunk into his broken heart and fanned into flame the hope of resurrection and restoration and something new. And so he too went and saw the empty tomb and in his liminal space opened up to wonder about the events that were ha- had happened. And so in this liminal space between the absence of Christ and the reappearance of Christ, between the door closing and the door opening to something new, Christ appeared through his angels to the women who had been watching for him and then sent them to share the good news of hope. They hadn't seen him yet, but they were invited to proclaim what they did know. And so questions from this. Are you, as you experience liminal space, because we all do, are there people in your life who may have an important message to say or a unique witness to God's truth and you're missing it because you've deemed them as an unlikely witness to God's faithfulness? Or is there something that God has laid on your heart that needs to get out and be heard by others? But perhaps you have disqualified yourself for some reason because you believe something that's not true or you've been told about that your voice doesn't matter. Or maybe because we don't have the full picture, we feel like we can't speak 
to the community about what we have experienced. We need to remember that as a community, we are interdependent on each other. And at our best, when we give to and receive from one another, especially in those vulnerable liminal spaces. In those times when we are in liminal space, God wants us to do new things. And often, God desires to reveal himself to us in new ways and through different voices. And so, is there an unlikely voice that God is, desires to speak to you through right now? A second way that Jesus comes to us in liminal space is in a way that we may not recognize. If we go on to verse 13 in Luke 24, we read that same day two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. When we are in liminal space, it is necessary for us to have people that can share the burden with us, to process, to grieve, to voice our doubts without fear of correction. When I became a pastor back in 2008, I prayed for friends with whom I could share life because I knew I was going to need them. And God had answered that prayer over a few years and brought four of us together. We walk Monday mornings, whoever's available. And we've done this now for over 10 years. And so that means that we've walked with each other through many liminal spaces. We've lost parents and we've lost siblings. Others have gone through marital crises and job crises. And family dynamics have changed as our kids have gotten older and become adults. On those walks, we talk about our hopes and our disappointments. We talk about our joys and our grief. We take turns talking and listening. Like these two on the road to Emmaus, I need my buddies, as we call ourselves, to help bear the load. Jesus knew this and sent out disciples in pairs when he sent them out to minister to the surrounding cities. He knew that we needed buddies to share our load. It seems that these disciples on the road to Emmaus got this idea that they needed to process together the liminal space that they were experiencing. And there was an openness to their conversation that welcomed someone new in. They didn't know that it was Jesus who joined them, but they brought him in, perhaps united by the assumption that everyone knew and was heartbroken about the crucifixion. Like the unity that we felt around 9-11, the loss of life and just the grief and anger that we felt, it united us as a nation in many ways. Or on a, on a more personal level, sometimes family members that are estranged, they can reunite when a mutually loved relative gets sick or dies. These followers invited Jesus to join them. And in this conversation, Jesus asked questions to encourage them to continue to process the grief they felt, rather than interrupting them by revealing that he was the Messiah, that he was alive. He allowed the men to repeat the story that had brought them to this place where they didn't know what was next. Part of sharing life with one another is being willing to listen to the stories of others 
who are seeking to find meaning in their lives, to let them process out loud or to companion them in their silence, to let them sit in the liminal space long enough to unpack all that has brought them to this place and then to experience the transformation of God that he has for them in that place. Jesus met them in their liminal space as a compassionate and empathetic presence. He saw a different picture of reality. He knew he was alive, and yet he took the time to listen and to validate the disciples' pain and experience. Brene Brown has written a lot on empathy, and she talks about it by saying we need to dispel the myth that empathy is walking in someone else's shoes. Rather than walking in your shoes, I need to learn how to listen to the story you tell about what it's like in your shoes and believe you even when it doesn't match my experiences. And so walking with these two that were grieving his death, Jesus gave them the time and space to tell their story and to feel heard. And when he did speak, he let his words sink in without a response, a response from them immediately. But in his words, he reminded them of God's faithful promises made in the past that, that would be fulfilled in the future, reminding them that God had not forgotten. Sometimes when we're in liminal space, our world becomes really small, and we forget God's past faithfulness that he's gotten us through before because all we can see right now is the current closed door that's behind us we need words of encouragement that remind us that life is a series of closed doors and open doors of twists and turns some that we expected some that we didn't expected and some that we didn't want and just like God has been present and faithful in the past he is present and faithful now in the midst of the space And so where are you in liminal space? Do you need to listen to the story of a friend who isn't sure what is next? Do you need to tell your story of what has brought you to this liminal space? Do you need to remember God's promise of never leaving and trust him as best you can where you are right now? How can we sit with one another in the grief of liminal space and willingly be uncomfortable with them. So Jesus revealed himself to those who were watching in the midst of liminal space and invited them to proclaim the good news. Jesus revealed himself to those who were seeking to find meaning and patiently walked with them, even when they didn't recognize him, reminding them of God's faithfulness. And finally, Jesus revealed himself in the breaking of bread. It says in verse 28 and following, By this time they were nearing Emmaus and at the end of their journey. Jesus acted as if he were going on, but they begged him, Stay the night with us since it's getting late. So he went home with them. As they sat down to eat, he took bread and he blessed it. Then he broke it and he gave it to them. And suddenly their eyes were open and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. The conversation that they had had, including Jesus unfolding the scriptures, was life-giving enough that the disciples invited Jesus to stay with them, even though they still didn't recognize him. 
the, we often think about people, certain people having the gift of hospitality as a, a spiritual gift or that. But in those times, it was really much more of a cultural norm. It was not easy to get from one town to the next, and, be, and roads could be dangerous. And so this necessity built a spirit of hospitality into the culture. So Jesus joined them for supper, and with his nail-scarred hands, he took the bread and he blessed it. And then he broke it, and he gave it to them. This echoes the words that that Jesus used with the disciples before the crucifixion at the Last Supper to describe his body, taken, blessed, broken, and given. A simple act of eating, something we all need to do. It was a physical act that opened their eyes, that connected the dots for them, from the days leading up to this moment. What is happening in this liminal space that these disciples are experiencing? They're experiencing a new companion. The Emmaus travelers grieved openly as they shared their account leading up to the moment, and their companion, Jesus, listened patiently. They gained a new perspective, The companion expanded their perspective, giving them a larger context to put the pain of their current liminal space in. The practice of hospitality. The grief and bewilderment of the travelers didn't keep them from the communal practices of welcoming the stranger. And Jesus brought comforting presence into the home. And then a new revelation In the breaking of the bread, Jesus' words took on life. Maybe they saw his nail-scarred hands as he took the bread, blessed, broke it, and gave it. It was an invitation to a new meal served by scarred hands. In receiving physical bread, the disciples remembered how their hearts had responded to the prophetic words along the path along the way. And although he disappeared again, they knew that he was not gone forever. I wonder if things happen sometimes to us that we miss because we don't, aren't quite able to connect the dots. And in fact, I know that they do. Many of you know that I had a bit of a heart episode back in November. Um, that morning, I went out running, as I always do or normally do, and I experienced this odd pain in my neck and shoulders and wondered what that could be. And then a little farther down, I kept going, and I started feeling sick to my stomach and told myself to buck up, that everything was fine. And then I t- took to walking because I couldn't run anymore. I got, got started seeing black around the edges. You know what that, that is? And then I had to sit down a couple times and gather myself and then get back up, trying to get home, trying to get home. And then I got to this one place where I I had to sit down again. There was a dead stump. And so I sat down on the stump. And then the next thing I knew, I was laid back because I had passed out. And um, that's when I thought, you know, maybe I should call my husband and see if he can come pick me up. (laughs) Not connecting the dots here yet, people. And he came and got me. I went home, and it's like, I think I'm okay. I just need to warm up, because by then I was pretty cold. And so I warmed up, and then, um, but every time I'd stand up, black around the edges. And so finally, my husband, who is a nurse, said, let's take your blood pressure. 
And so we took my blood pressure sitting down and standing up, and it's like dramatic difference between those, those numbers. And let's go to the emergency room. It's like, yeah, that's probably a good idea. And so got to the emergency room. Yes, there was something going on. And the tests showed that um, my heart was not working po- properly, that it was... Um, it was it was it was it wasn't a heart attack, but it was like the muscles were just not working efficiently. And then I could go back and say, Oh, that's why my neck hurt, because my body thought I was having a heart attack. Oh, that's why I was blacking out, because my blood was not getting to all the different parts of my body. And but in the I just throughout the whole thing, it didn't really I just kept thinking, no big deal. This is just, you know, I'm dehydrated or something like that. Um, I need to say I'm fine now. It re- my heart completely recovered, and I'm perfectly healthy because I know I don't always finish the story. But the point is that the dots were finally connected. And I think in liminal space, we've got a lot of dots, and they're not necessarily connected. We're all in some liminal space right now, or we know someone who is. The door behind is closed and the door before us is invisible, or it's locked, or it's stuck. This place of liminal space that the disciples experienced was not the last time. Jesus returned to heaven, and then they were invited to lean into the Holy Spirit for guidance as they began to build community around them. The church leaders were killed and persecuted, and these, this community that they had built began to scatter And they were uncertain how to live their faith in new contexts and new cultures. But in each of these liminal spaces, God met them in community and gave them new perspectives and revealed himself in new ways. Our lives are marked by liminal spaces as well. They are invitations to grow. To grow by watching and waiting for God to show up and opening up ourselves to his revelation through new voices and in new ways. To grow by sitting in that liminal space long enough to tell the story of what brought us here. And then to grow by paying attention and connecting the dots in our lives so that we can see the work of God in our past, our present, and our future. Let's pray. Gracious God, I thank you for your invitation to live in your presence. Whether we feel a door closed or a door open, Lord, in those spaces where we don't know what's next, but we know we can't go back, help us to see you as you reveal yourself to us in new ways. Give us new eyes and new heart to see you and to be guided by you. Lord, give us the grace and to create space for others as well, those around us, to be in liminal space. Help us to sit with them, to be gracious to them. And Lord, I thank you that you are guiding all of us toward your love and your life and your will for us. In Jesus' name.